we stay focused on international uh, matters. I came across an article earlier this morning where our brothers and sisters in Sudan are calling out the rest of the world, particularly America and the EU, for what they say is the ignoring of the devastation happening in Sudan while the world focuses on the conflict in the Ukraine and the killings in occupied Gaza. You will know that thousands have been killed and more displaced in close to nine months of battles between Sudan's armed forces and the paramilitary rapid support forces. But how did the country get into this situation and what efforts are being made to resolve the current political impasse that has led to the death of so many people. For more on this story, we're joined on the line by Ibrahim Dean, independent commentator and researcher. Ibrahim, thank you very much for making time. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. And good afternoon. The rest of the world, and and I go back to this call from from Sudanese uh, people saying, yes, we're focusing on Ukraine, yes, we're focusing on what's happening in occupied Gaza, but there are there is an unfolding genocide um, happening right now in the Sudan. Describing it as a genocide or possible genocide as a start is that accurate? I think it is. I mean, I think you know what what we see, especially in the in the areas of Western Darfur, is ethnic cleansing uh, on a level that you know is bordering genocide. There's 12,000 dead so far, and that's an underestimate. The seven million being forced uh, to to uh, uh, displace the largest is the largest internal displacement according to the UN. And you know the sad part of the scary part is that it's in a sense a repeat of what happened in the early 2000s. You know, uh, one of the uh, the, the belligerents in the conflict is the RSF, as you said, uh, the Rapid Support Forces led by uh, Mohammed Hamdan Dagalo. And Dagalo himself was part of the Janjaweed, which was, uh, you know, those forces that killed, you know, uh, hundreds, tens or hundreds of thousands of of, uh, of Darfuris in the early 2000s. And you see the scaring on itself. And, you know, as you said, the bigger problem is that because it's now no longer in the U.S. interest to actually oppose what is happening, um, you know, the U.S. And, and, and the international community have been rather uh, silent. You know, not really. Mm. No, no, no sanction placed on Dagalo. No, uh, no, uh, uh, no fly zones. You know, no aid. Uh, you know, um, uh, all because you know one of the you know both of the actors involved are people the U.S. previously saw as actors which supported their interests in the conflict. You mentioned the fact that what's unfolding uh, similar scenes to to what we saw in the early 2000s. And there was a period, at least with the departure of Omar al-Bashir, and also, I mean, for me personally, I was quite um, inspired by the, the protest that we saw, the, the what is described as the Sudanese revolution of towards the end of 2018 into 2019. It set the tone of something different unfolding in the Sudan. But that, of course, has all fallen apart. What has happened? What has led to where we are right now that months later we've seen so many people killed and displaced? So what happened in the past two, uh, you know, basically four years in a sense now, almost, yeah, four years, since 2019 and those protests were, uh, you know, the protests were very significant. Uh, but what happened was, Umar Bashir was replaced into the military coup. Uh, you know, um, and the people didn't really have a full say ever. In, in the transition, and you know the the you know some of the forces, which is the you know the the, the Sudanese professional association, the forces for change, 
for freedom and change. Basically, try to use the population to actually you know, extract more and more and more, uh, you know, during the transitional period. But you know, at, at no time was there actually you know a real uh, you know people really had control, and that was what what was the problem is that once Umar al Bashir had gone, the international community stuck to backing its you know its its powers in the, in the conflict, and you know. In, in late 2021, uh, the Prime Minister was then expelled, uh, uh, Abdullah Hamdok. And ever since then, you know, it was controlled by these two, uh, by the military. Uh, you know, the military had full control. And earlier this year, uh, you know, there was a falling out between the military, between, you know, uh, Abdul Fattah Barhan and uh, Mohammed Hamdan Dakhano. And, you know, this, this fallout, actually, it was, I mean, we always said in the start, on the early days of the conflict, that this could be sorted easily because you just needed the power sharing agreement because it was all about the conflict between those two. Um, you know, but what has happened since? And so, you know, in April, uh, you know, the conflict really intensified between Dagalo and, 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 and Abdul Fattah Burhan. Um, it just gotten worse of them, and mainly because one is, as we're saying, you know, that there's, there's an ethnic nature to some of the killings, especially in Darfur, and that's why you know, many of the, the people who previously supported who previously fought against Omar al-Bashir, basically supporting the military, uh, to actually, uh, you know, stop the violence from happening, this mass rape, and also because of the support of specifically the United Arab who are supporting the, the rapid support forces. Right. Uh, so these four actors, because they're not, there's no, um, no uh, steps taken against these regional actors who are feeling the conflict and benefiting from the conflict, it's just calcifying and it's now become a much bigger conflict than it was in April. We're in conversation with Ibrahim Dean, independent commentator and researcher, trying to hopefully make sense of the situation in the Sudan where uh, we are seeing what really is effectively a genocide unfolding. Um, scores of people killed, others displaced. And if one were to, um, Ibrahim, go back to the call for uh, intervention from the U.S. and even the EU, uh, I remember a, a period where um, U.S. Vice President um, Kamala Harris had, had discussed uh, the issue of what's happening in the Sudan with the United Arab Emirates uh, president um, and also the sanctioning by Washington of RSF uh, commanders. Did that have any effect and how do we uh, if at all that's where we look for assistance bring in the US or even the EU uh, in, 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 in resolving the conflict and where is the African Union in all of this? I think it's two, 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 two points to what you're saying and one is you know the US yes had uh, you know the US still now has actually issue, uh, announced a special envoy for Sudan and a special envoy for Russia and Ukraine shows in a sense whose lives are more you know more significant in a sense. You know, if it's a white person or Western lives matter more. Um, and we see this in the Sudan. Uh, but yes, you know, the U.S. hasn't really taken the amount of steps it can take. It's, it's called, you know, uh, a very slightly, uh, you know, uh, yes, there's been some sanctions on, on the narrative commander, but the, the sanctions were because he was part of the former Umar al-Bashir regime and not necessarily because he was part of the RSS. Similarly, you know, there's been sanctions placed on one member or two members in the Sudanese army who are former Al-Bashir people. <laughs> you know, not, not, not in a sense anyone really close to the centers of power, uh, you know, uh, among, that, among the RSF and the, and the military. So the U.S. actions have been more, more in a sense, putting a band-aid or trying to put a band-aid on the plaster and calling for negotiations. But, you know, there's, there's been no, no attempted sanctioning, for example, of the UAE. The UAE 
is the biggest supporter of the RSF. Uh, the U.S. recently found, signed a military package with the U.S. Uh, similarly, the U.S. play a very negative role even in, 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 in Russia and Ukraine, uh, in, in many other continents in Sudan, uh, in, in Yemen, uh, but no sanctions because obviously it's not necessarily within the interest of the U.S. And, and you know, then you go to the African Union. Unfortunately, the organization has been superseded by the, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the powers with the bigger clout, mm. bigger money and bigger influence. And so the, you know, the process aimed at negotiations is actually happening in Saudi, the Jida process, um, you know, which was I mean, supported by the U.S. Uh, um, and, and, and the African Union called for a ceasefire, you know, the start of negotiations. Uh, the problem is, you know, the regional actors, specifically the UAE in this conflict, um, is emboldened because there's no uh, action being taken against it for supporting, you know, one of the parties. Right. And similarly, it, you know, supporting the military. And because there's no, there's no action, these regional actors, you know, uh, I mean, the UAE wasn't even part of the last negotiations process. But, you know, previously they've been part of negotiations, supported the resolution, and then just undermined the as a spoiler because, uh, you know, there's no. So, you know, um, unfortunately, Sudan's strategic location, uh, you know, the, the couple that, you know, has access to gold, um, um, and also, you know, the, 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 the Hamiti scene is not part of the political Islamists, which, uh, you know, seen as a threat by many, many in the Gulf. You know, that actually means that many of these, these countries don't really want a solution. And, and yeah. you know, in Sudan benefits them. Let's leave it at that, Ibrahim. Thank you very much for your insights, Ibrahim Dean, independent commentator and researcher. And those just the last point that he made, unfortunately, that is the reality that it is other interested parties um, and the, 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 the impact that such a conflict has on geopolitics and those who benefit at the end of the day. Sudanese people suffer, as we've seen in many other conflicts around the world, because other people have vested interest in it.